It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, the second weekly free pod from the team here at Heart and Hand. My name's David Edgar, I am your host, and joining me to discuss an incident-packed evening at Pitaudry are two regular Heart and Handers, first of all, Mr Martin Ramsey. Good evening, David. And Mr James Forrest. Hi David, how are you? I am grand, lads. I'm very happy with three points taken from the Granite City and heading back down to civilization. And Martin, uh, a bit of a monkey off our back, or certainly Stephen Gerrard's back, because uh, recent seasons, uh, no matter how bad we've been, have been quite successful against <laughs> Aberdeen. But it turned round this year with uh, one draw and two defeats to them and, and some fairly limp performances in those defeats at that. But uh, in a, if you like, an almost classic Aberdeen Rangers game, uh, Rangers triumphed. Yeah, there probably was a wee bit rider on it for him. Um, again, given the Derek McInnes history as well, uh, a fourth failure to beat quite a direct, quite rudimentary, um, tactically backward team um, would have been a problem. Um, so it, it will be a big one for the manager. More importantly, it's a big one for us. It keeps us, at least theoretically, in um, the title race. Anything more than six points would be probably too much. And it was just a big win um, to get one up there um, and just keep ticking these these boxes um, off before we uh, were ready to really charge on. And James, it was a, a thrilling game, let's be honest. Uh, maybe too much so if you weren't a neutral and uh, our tickers were all uh, a bit dodgy. Rangers, decent first half performance, not not so good in the second in all honesty, but got the job done and, and for instance when you think about playing really well and dominating for 90 minutes against Hibs and not picking up three points just before Christmas, I'll take this any time. As would I. Um, I think circumstances dictated the way that the second half was going to play out uh, fairly early on, What what seems to be the incident that people in Scotland only seem to want to talk about, um, which we will get to, but it was it, that shouldn't take away from 
a good first half performance. I think that we had probably the the better chances before the first goal, and you know after after we get the first goal, we we switch off defensively. But our response to that was really good, and I think from when we scored the second goal to half time, we were definitely the better the better side. So. Yeah, a good performance and to dig it out the way that we did at the end, uh, as I said, under the circumstances, was also very impressive. Yep, a great victory for Rangers. Let's uh, discuss the game in a bit of detail. Rangers started with 4-3-3 Martin, um, a return to the more functional and aggressive midfield that had worked so well against Celtic earlier in the season. And uh, the, the three up front, I think probably if we're playing a three, I think most would accept that that is the, the front three. And uh, Rangers, I thought, slow start in terms of gave up a couple of chances to Greg Stewart, one of which he might have done a bit better with, but then asserted controlling the game, taking the lead after a good bit of play by Ryan Jack in midfield. He slips the ball to Ryan Kent, who then goes on, I think we can dust down the phrase, a mazy run, um, where he goes right round the Aberdeen defence and fires a shot off that was, was swerving and dipping. Lewis got a hand to it, but just succeeding palming it out to Alfredo Morelos, right place, right time. Still a good finish, though. He had to get it back first time, and he did so. Back into the net for for 1-0. I thought Kent, in the first half in particular, looked razor sharp. He looked on it. Um, I do more and more like him doing exactly what he did before the goal, which is drive at the heart of of that def- um, any defence, really. Um, we probably don't see enough of that. Scottish defenders or defenders in Scotland are not good. They do not like players just running straight at them. Go back to McDermott Park when we looked inept, hopeless, this equaliser is not coming, and it takes a centre half just to, to run at the heart of them. It, it, it sets hairs running. Um, more of that instead of just knocking it sideways out wide because they'll, they'll deal with crosses pretty much all day. Um, so he, he he looked absolutely on it. He looked really hungry to to do exactly that. Give me the ball and and, and go. Looked probably the only one that looked comfortable in the ball to be honest. Uh, and that that opening spell, um, we struggled to keep possession. Um, but it, it clearly was was coming. Morelos had a chance just before that. Uh, he skewed just wide. Um, but don't underestimate the difficulty of taking that that, no. that chance the way he did. That could easily yep. have skied. Um, and yeah, it, it came from Kent though. But uh, there was uh, a bit of a blow soon afterwards with Rangers conceding. I, I thought a poor goal from our point of view. Uh, Bonabarisic takes the ball, doesn't look much danger, but he's taking the ball into the Aberdeen half. He has Kent on his uh, out to his left, but he cuts inside, dawdles a little bit, fails to ride a challenge, loses the ball. Aberdeen break up the other end. Uh, Greg Stewart does Ryan Jack with a turn. Ball's put into the box. Uh, a shot comes in from the edge of the area. It, it, James Tavernier attempts a block at Cannons, back off Connor Goldson, though, straight into the path of Cosgrove, and he puts it away. Frustrating goal to lose, James. Yeah, Barisic fails to track back as you know. You see that he's kind of more ambling back rather than racing back into position, which is a frustration. Um, it kind of leaves Ryan Jack with two jobs to do. Greg Stewart does get the better of him, but we do still have the opportunity to get the ball away. Um, you know, head head or clear is not good enough, and we're just we're just standing in the box. We're not actually defending. I think there's a big difference between those two those two things, and you know the goal comes. I had that awful air of inevitability about it as soon as you saw the weak clearance, and 
Cosgrove is there and, and puts it away. And it was it was frustrating, and it does come from this, you know, if if Barisic is smart and plays the ball out wide to to Kent and Kent can go on another run, then it could be a, it could have been a very different story. So uh, the there's two bits of frustration: one, and Barisic not really thinking as a defensive fullback as much as he should. And you know the whole defence and, and dealing with that with that cross ball was just not good enough. Martin, there's been a fair bit of criticism of Barisic today in general, and I thought in the first half he looked very good going forward with a couple of superb crosses into the box, and I thought he looked dangerous going forward defensively in the first half. Didn't have the best of times. I thought Mackay, Stephen, and Stewart, uh, who were swapping constantly throughout the match, got the, the better of him. Second half, he was poor. Um, watched the game back this morning and thought, right, okay, maybe it's perception because you know when you're watching the game and you don't know the, the outcome, your heart's in your mouth. But he really did struggle very badly in that second half, and it almost reminded me a little bit, not quite as bad, but uh, reminded me a little bit of the infamous Rickson game at Parkhead where it just seemed to be too quick for him and he, he, he seemed to lose his, his composure more than anything else. But online, there, there seems to be a feeling that perhaps he's a little bit soft when it comes to the physical and aggressive side of Scottish football. Your thoughts? Um, possibly, but it's, it's the go-to uh, argument for, for so many people in in this country. I saw someone and apologies, I, I I forget who said it, it was either on Twitter or on the the, the Patreon site, that it reminded them of a, a pre-Walter Sasa Papach um, and simply because there's an adjustment there to the game and a wee bit like as well and Katic he does need, I think he needs a, a wee bit more time and also he, Frustrating for for us, frustrating for him. He he can't get a run going because he's getting injured every three or four games. Yeah, he's so still, I think that he's still under ten games, ten starts anyway. Yeah, I mean, so, so that's got to be in the back of your mind when the thought of flying into challenges. Am I going to pull up again? Um, there's a, there's a psychological issue there. If that continues for another six months to a year, then we have a problem. Um, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be writing them off. Just quite yet. He's talented though, isn't he? I mean, oh, you see yeah. that when he goes forward. Um, the ability he has to whip a ball over James at pace while on the gallop, uh, not a lot of players have that. His delivery is fantastic. You know, his, his use of the ball in an attacking sense is really, really good. But as I've said before, when when I look at a fullback, first and foremost, my thought is, can they defend? And I don't think that Barisic is quite there yet in terms of his defensive play. We did see maybe a bit more of that side of his game against St Mirren, I thought. I thought he looked a bit more like a defensive fullback in that game. He was putting in for a couple more challenges. Maybe it's just you have to pick the types of games that he's prepared to give you that at the moment. Uh, you know, There is still that adjustment uh, to, to come, but I I'm fully believe that he will turn out to be a really, really good player for us, but I think you know, just with the way that his season has gone, we might need to accept that we're not going to see the absolute best of the full package of Borna Barisic until maybe next season. But mm. in terms of what I think he can give us, I'm I'm prepared to I'm prepared to wait on that one. 
Yep, and as I said, uh, the aforementioned Fernando Rickson game, after that I thought of disaster and uh, turned out a lot better than that. So hopefully the same will come with Borna Barisic. But Rangers did assert uh, themselves in the rest of the half. Uh, coming back, I thought, excellently from the blow, losing the goal better than perhaps I'd feared. Uh, the, the second goal was one that we should be talking about for years, in my opinion, Martin. Ryan Jack wins the ball in midfield, excellent. Plays it to Ryan Kent. He takes it on, slips it into Alfredo Morello, who controls it with one foot, looks up, sees what's happening in front of him, uses the Aberdeen defender as a shield, gives the keeper the eyes, as they say, strokes it supremely calmly and confidently into the far corner with the keeper rooted to the spot on the other side. I thought this was absolutely top class. Yeah, and if it's in the top corner, it's getting replayed and replayed and replayed. There's uh, an understated beauty about it. Um, he's just passed it in uh, it's just caressed um, and there is a criticism about his composure under pressure sometimes um, and it was as if that, that first half spell maybe you know the first uh, the, the last 25 minutes maybe the, the, the first half he he was in that kind of zone where it just didn't matter who else was around him they just didn't they weren't important um, total control uh, everything Almost going at half half pace. Um, yeah, he was very much in that zone last night. It was beautifully worked and beautifully finished. As Martin says, sometimes there's been the criticism, James, of his, his finishing, but I, th- I think it's improving almost monthly now, exponentially. If you look back to his first goal in this game, that's uh, you know under 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 pressure and first time on your supposed weaker foot. That's a brilliant finish, and I think. He's the kind of player, and you see it whenever he gets a goal early in games, he goes on to have an outstanding game, just full stop. Um, his, his confidence, because he he puts that pressure onto himself to score the goals. But once he's once he's done that, he's like, right, now I'm in the groove. Now we're going to go have some fun here. And I don't think you get that goal in terms of the work that he does, the second goal, um, unless you get that first goal. Because I think if he's in that position and he's not, Put the first one away. He has a potential to maybe to maybe sky it or maybe overthink it. But it's just a natural finish, beautifully curled on, on the weaker foot again. Um, but you know it's the same combination again: Ryan Jack to Ryan Kent to Alfredo Morelos. Um, Ryan Jack actually, you know, in, in terms of our, our goals, you, you look at it in certainly three of the four goals. He he had a really, really good game in that respect. And it's interesting that maybe when he first signed and maybe up to recently, a lot of people have seen him as a as the holding midfielder. But in fact, play him a bit further up, play him as a box-to-box, you're actually getting more out of him that way, which... Um, which I maybe didn't expect, but I, I think that's I think that's working for him as well. Martin uh, McKenna had been, I think, dizzied by the performance of Morelos in the first half. He'd absolutely battered him, and uh, that lack of composure came to a head with a Rangers third goal, a free kick into the box by James Tavernier. Uh, aimed towards Connor Goldson, which uh, Aberdeen felt he was offside. Um, whether or not he was is debatable, but what isn't debatable is that you probably shouldn't claim for said offside when the ball is arriving at you. Um, hit him on the arm, roll down his arm. 
tried to get out of it the penalty being awarded with the grounds of I was claiming for offside, which is sort of like trying to defend yourself on a murder charge with the ground that you only meant to seriously hurt him. Um, Stonewall penalty kick put away by Tav. Your thoughts on that? Uh, I thought it was a touching tribute to Anton Rogan. You don't see many <laughs> of them um, these days. I, I, Let's I, I, all do the Anton. Yeah, it's, it's James, James is far, far, far no, too. James James no idea that's all. Um, so it was, it was a nice, uh, a nice little throwback. Um, Ten million pounds doesn't buy you much these days. No. Um, yeah, I think you're right. He just mentally scrambled. Um, he had been given the absolute runaround. Um, instinctive thing to do, I guess. That you you think. You've played the offside trap, or your defence has, um, but it, it doesn't quite um, compute with having to actually defend the cross in the first place. Um, it was a comedy moment. It was um, enjoyed. Keeper was unlucky, but the, the penalty was too good. Yep, and in it, 3-1 at half time. Really quite confident. I, I felt that we would go in and actually give them a bit of a scudding because I thought they'd have to come out, which is not their game, and that Rangers could simply pick them off in the break. But the key to that, of course, is don't do anything stupid, particularly not in the first five minutes. Um, Tav gets done by Ferguson uh, at a corner two minutes in the second half. People are saying, you know, Ferguson was very clever and he won it. He was, but Tav was, he, he bought it fully. I thought it was a penalty, James, but perhaps you disagree with me. I don't disagree, sorry. I know I know it'd be better listening if I did, but I can't. <laughs> Martin? Uh, no, nah, it was a penalty. It was just bad defending, really. Mm. And he was um he was behind the eight ball pretty quickly and he just wasn't good enough to, to respond uh fairly. And you're absolutely right, it's you know, see out this first ten, fifteen minutes the game's done and all of a sudden it's going to be a nervous forty five. Yep, they put the penalty away, James, and then uh I was a bit disappointed with the Rangers' performance, in all honesty. I've watched it back again this morning. Now, the first thing I would say is Rangers did not give up a lot of chances, and I want to credit Goldston, Worrell, and Katic when he came on. And I will say that the, the, the James Tavernier was stopping a lot of crosses getting in, right? So I do want to praise them all for that. And the midfield were working hard, but we dropped far too deep. We were right on the goalkeeper and invited pressure. And our use of the ball coming out was dreadful. So the midfield were working very hard, but whenever they got the ball back, they gave it away instantly. Um, I thought that it worked, and I'm happy with that, but we've got to learn to be a little bit braver and not just say, right, we're 3-2 up and under a bit of pressure because it's okay saying we'll drop deep for five minutes, but we never got back out. I think that... um you can look back and say it was a good team defensive performance. Um, the individuals that you mentioned as well, particularly Katic coming on, and I'm really pleased to say that because certainly when he's come back into the side, we've seen a much better version of Nico Katic again, and I'm delighted with that. But we, I think the substitutions play a part in the way that we played it. Almost, it was almost a concession that we were just going to allow Aberdeen to have the ball and we were just going to defend for our lives for what felt like an eternity. Um, you know, we didn't really have any midfielders on the park by the time the third sub has, has been made that you think, right, you know, they're the guy to get to, not like someone, Stephen Davis, who can, you know, use the ball and get the ball up to the to the front line. And even then, we didn't really have an out ball as well, which was which was a concern, um, or an out ball of note. I mean, Jermaine Defoe isn't exactly your six-foot-four target man. Um 
So it was... We were putting a lot of faith in our defence, which, when you're 3-2 up, having been 3-1 up, is is always going to be very nerve-wracking for the supporters to watch. Um, but as you say, when you, listen, when you watch back the game the next day, it's not as bad because our defence is able to deal with that more. Maybe Barisic is the only defender who can look back and say, I actually did, I actually did a decent job defensively. Um, but the rest of them certainly did, and the midfield as well, actually. They, they, they put in a shift in that respect too. It's not so much about having faith in the defence because this is this was like August again, and the ball can just bounce, you know, like it did in the first game of the season. We weren't under great pressure in terms of meaningful chances back in the um, the season opener, and they created a couple of wee things that McGregor had to be alert to. <laughs> Sometimes a wee bit too alert, um, but I don't think they were. They're not a team that's going to cut you open with brilliant football, um, but. The ball can just bounce, it can just drop, and they can get away with one. And that that was that was the big fear, I guess, watching last night. This is we've seen this before. Why do we let them have the ball? Yeah, I thought that we were too too passive. I thought yeah. that we did go into half what we hold mode, and yes, it worked. But we've seen that it hasn't worked. I'd have preferred this to, to attempt. And but the, the, the counter argument is, well, say we had done that and they had got that bit of space and got the goal, and then I wouldn't be saying so. You know, at the end of the day, I'm never going to complain about victory. We're just looking at the how the match pegged out, and certainly it wasn't good for the old heart rate. And then came the manna from heaven for every sports writer in Scotland. That was the double red card incident. Uh, Morelos and McKenna clashed, I believe is the term for it. Um, Alfie, I think, leaves his foot in, doesn't really do any damage, but leaves his foot in, although McKenna's leg does hook his, so I think it's difficult to remove it. Um, I don't think he stamped him. I don't think he intended to stamp him. I think he thought if his foot accidentally went anywhere, that was a shame, but there you go. McKenna, uh, as he's fallen on the ground, kicks up, tries to, to put him in the chin. Referee, Red cards both after discussions with the linesman uh, and a good few minutes were taken. Rangers have appealed the red card. Uh, it will be held uh, on Friday at 6pm, I believe, with uh, a decision not long afterwards. Uh, if he is banned, he will miss the next two matches, including the Scottish Cup tyres. It's a violent conduct red card. If not, uh, he will, of course, be free to play. Uh, it's a controversial incident. Everyone's got their own thoughts on it. So I'll start with you, James, and then Martin, if you want to chime in. So my view hasn't changed from last night. I believe that you know he goes he goes fairly into a challenge with McKenna. His his foot is there. Way the way that McKenna's legs end up, it kind of influences where Morelis' leg is going. I'm not quite sure what else he can do. Where can he suddenly just move his foot out the way? Uh, to avoid to avoid making contact with McKenna, I'm not so sure. McKenna boots up, it hits Morelis in the face. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people going on about how oh, look, he's kind of looking up at the referee whilst he's down. I'm not necessarily sure that he was he was hurt by what McKenna did because I, I think the man is made out of sheer sheer stone and brick. He's he's um, a very very strong guy, but. I, I think you you look to win the advantages where where you can. Um, it's it's frustrating because you're leaving the referee a decision to make, and 
I think the easiest thing that the referee could have done in that situation would be send both off. And I don't think there'd be many people who'd bat an eyelid, eyelid at that. If, for example, McKenna goes off, but Morelos gets a yellow, all of a sudden, again, it's 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 Andrew Dallas treatments times a hundred, I think. Um, so I thought I thought a red was harsh. A yellow would have sufficed, I think. Uh, the more I see it, the the less harsh I think it is. Um, it wasn't a violent stamp down. I don't think either of the the flick outs. Let's call them both that. Um, had excessive force, it was a tangle and there's frustration involved there from both and they both kind of move at the same time so it's not as if um, one was a uh, a reaction to it um, like the the incident in the, the first game of the season um, if he books both does anyone really complain I can see why he's taking that way out, I'll tell you this though if it was Cosgrove against Golton the other end we'd say that was a stamp and that's that's where I lose interest in the whole media storm because uh, football fans are the biggest hypocrites ever and I include myself in that. Um, this is just Morelos and it's it's the player we have. Sometimes he gets that balance absolutely spot on. I think the last time I was on the flagship was after Tynecastle where he judged it perfectly. He was a nuisance all day, took his goal brilliantly. Uh, huge part in the victory but just stayed um, within that line. Sometimes he goes over the line and we get away with it. 29th of December, could have easily been sent off. And last night did. That's the player we have. That kind of Diego Costa light. It's just who he is. And it's not going to change. Fed up having the same kind of conversation. It's, It's just the same old stuff. If he played for another team, if Jonathan Johansson had been a, a... appointed a coach of Aberdeen or Hibs and, and he'd unearthed Morelos from obscurity and he, he went there exactly the same kind of player, we would hate him. Well, yeah, but... We would. Uh, when we don't, because he's ours. Yeah. That's that's the rules and that, that's the way it goes, but just... Can I can I just quote Reno Gattuso here and say if my uncle had another ball, he'd be a pinball yeah, machine? Yeah, I know, but <laughs> from all sides, um, there's there's... There's a lot of pulpits getting, you know, being spoken from. I think, um, and it's just that type of player. He is an abrasive forward. I think we can all agree on that. And he's an abrasive forward who plays for Rangers. Therefore, he is. You said before, absolutely rightly, he is manna from heaven for um, the the sports media here. Um, he would not get the same attention if he no. played for a provincial club. McKenna doesn't get the same attention in that incident. Um, I totally accept the the lazy journalism, cultural, racial stereotypes. The important colour is the colour of his shirt. I I, I agree with that to a degree. But the undertones in the coverage, Martin, uh, it's very much... And they like, have from the outset, David, the yeah, the, the, the Colombian thing. The, yeah, and that that it's just it's just bad writing. It is, but there's also it's informed by the the othering of Morelos. It's very much Scott McKenna, big brave Scottish lad. Uh, he, he reacted uh, just a daft boy. You'll learn from that. I'm sure he regrets it. Morelos, he's sneaky, he's dirty. Well, that's South Americans. You've got to expect that from them. And you're right. I don't think they do it deliberately. I don't think they see what that is, but you strip it away and it's basically said he's not like us, therefore he thinks differently. 
And that is the very definition of at best xenophobia. No, I, I've got some time for that, and I think that there's, there is something in that. And if that's the first incident, and that is then the narrative immediately, then I've got a lot more time for that. And if you you had South American players all over Scotland or through the history of Scottish football who were treating that way at the very first drop of a leg. Well, he, he was treated that way from before he'd done anything. And I mean, we could go back to podcasts we did back then and go back to, to Rangers fans and say, why is he being called a hothead when he hadn't done anything? Yeah, no, no that, that, that's, that's an absolute fair point. But we're now three games against Aberdeen this season alone where he has... It's he, just who he is, all right? It's just the player he is. Um, and my... <laughs> My bigger concern through the media reaction, but the bigger concern through officialdom last night, if you just take that as an example, is that there there is no watch on against um, Ollie Buck for the worst dive I think I've, I've seen all season, if not of all time. And um, Saminovic, that, that assault, that should be leading the front pages or the back pages. Um, and it's that's my issue with, with how the, the narrative is constructed um, but it's not the first time with, with Morelos just because he, he, he lives on the edge, uh, he plays on the edge and we, we love him for it if he's wearing an Aberdeen shirt we, we'd want him crucified and I find it hard to completely get away from, from that because I know exactly how, how most of us would respond in that way, you can't have it both ways what I will say is that the reaction from him with the triple pike somersault roll and oh. uh, et cetera was, you know, excessive and that that is going to add to a reputation and there's nothing anyone can say about that. But you're right. I mean, we, we can talk about it all the time up until he leaves. He'll leave in the summer. I think that's pretty much accepted. Um, this is the player that he is. This is the player that whoever buys him is going to get, incidentally. This yeah. will not be the end of that. Uh, although obviously in a bigger league I think there'll be less focus on him and therefore slightly less controversy um, a second incident that the media seem to have hyped that I don't get and again I'll, I'll turn to you two on it and you can tell me what is Alan McGregor uh, and that was when he came to collect the ball as he slid out, raised his foot slightly as goalkeepers do all over the world uh, catches Lewis Ferguson of Aberdeen who's running in to, to get him when he's got the ball in his hands which he shouldn't be um, start with you, James. Uh, the uh, the media are sort of claiming that it was a leg breaker, it was a terrible tackle. And then this strange thing of if it happens anywhere else in the pitch, it's a red card. Well, yes, but it's different for a goalkeeper because they are diving to the ground. And once they get the ball in their hands, you've got to protect yourself. Because if not, if Ferguson had run in on him, he'd have clattered McGregor. In much the same way that any high ball, watch any football match this weekend... The first high ball that a goalkeeper comes from in a crowd of players, he will have his knee or his leg raised. It's pretty much standard operating procedure. Yeah, it's not going to happen anywhere else in the field because it's two outfield players. You know, it, it, because it's a goalkeeper, it is, it is a different conversation. Um, I think, you know, he's he's slid in. Yes, the, yes, the foot is up, and, but he's got the ball for a good you know, not not ages, but a good wee bit before Ferguson's leg makes contact with McGregor's foot. So, I don't think I don't think it's as anywhere near as outrageous as what people are are trying to make it. Uh, I, I would actually suggest that what Ferguson later did to McGregor in retaliation is is more so. Um, 
you know, that that would be that would be my point of view. You might say that that's been with my blue tinted specs. Yeah. Oh well. Okay, that's fine. But that's that's certainly the way that I saw it. And Martin, I can wage off any accusations of or wave off even any accusations of football fans seeing it from one side partiality here and had it happened at the other end I genuinely would not have been screaming for a foul or a penalty because this is goalkeepers do this um well I to take the first point um in terms of the the great morality and on the McGregor challenge I don't think it was dreadful it's not a, a you know a career ender and uh, like Ferguson's on McGregor it probably was a wee bit worse both are fouls though that's a penalty that is Nah, it's not. It's nope. a, he can't kick people in the box. He doesn't kick people in the box. If you're a goalkeeper, you're allowed to do that to protect yourself. But by convention, we've seen it. We see it every single match. And if a player continues to run in on a goalkeeper who has the ball in his hands, it's accepted that ref, that goalkeepers will do that. And that's why you'll see a guy get a knee in the back from a goalie this weekend and you won't see a penalty given. Martin, his leg isn't extending as trying to kick out. He's just got his leg up. That's more protection. If his, if he then, once he's got the ball, if he's then extending his leg towards Ferguson, then I think that you might have a different conversation. But it's not. It's it's static. It's the way that it is. It's Ferguson in. running into him, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Nah. nah he's come out, leg up, yep, totally, as keepers do. With the express intention, do not run in on me with this because he's diving with his. I mean, what's he supposed to do? Like catch the ball with one hand and put another hand over his uh, over his head. I appreciate the situation. The situation is not the same as two midfielders. Oh yeah, if he does that, midfield going ball. for the ball. It's a I, I, I get that, and I get the keep. Well, keepers are a protected species anyway, and the 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 dynamics. The biomechanics um, are, are different um, because one is allowed to catch and protect themselves. Um, again, it's it's another one that's on that's on the edge for me, and I I wouldn't have been spitting feathers if if it, if he given a penalty. Could have easily given it, given again the pressures as you know Ian Crocker wanted to mention in just about every situation that that happened in the box. Right, we'll move away from Martin Stewart there and. Uh... Go to a, a happier moment for from the the match, which was Jermaine Defoe came on at the end. Um, wee bit surprised with the subs because I thought we lost an out ball and took Kent off. But uh, in the the seven minutes of injury time, uh, Ryan Jack wins the ball, brings it out, decides quite sensibly to hold on to it. But then he sees that Tav has darted into the space, and uh, this is excellent from Tav. I think Ryan Jack finds him. Uh, did well to, to do so, the hand in, in three of the goals. He darts into the box. Jermaine Defoe, wonderful movement to find a bit of space. One touch to kill it, one touch to put it away. And Martin, I'll, I'll let you have the description of a happier moment after uh, to try and win back some of the fans after that blatant and disgraceful display of uh, pro-Aberdonian bias from you. Non-tribalism. This is brilliant. Uh, and funnily enough, uh, as much as we were kind of headless chicken stuff for, for most of that second half. The calmest, the most composed we were, the less threatening, or the least threatening Aberdeen were, was during injury time, mm. almost immediately. I don't know why, um, but we, we just looked far more assured, and here's a perfect example of it. Jack's very patient, um, holds it up intelligently. Um, it's a great pass from Tav. There's space, of course. We, we were on the break, and that's why he's here, David. And in the box, 
there's I don't think there's anyone in the country better. Even at this stage of his life, I still think he's a different level. The movement's incredible. You, yeah. you said, well, I was watching him Saturday, watching him a lot, and we're not finding him all the time yet, but it's you're right, different level stuff. Yeah, he, he not, lo- not. There was a couple of them on, on Saturday where Kent could have gone a lot sooner. They could have released the ball a lot sooner, but he just wasn't picking the runs up. He's He is on a different level. Mm. It, it kind of reminds me a wee bit of when Bellamy went to Celtic and you just looked at it and went, that's a Premiership player playing in Scotland and it doesn't always look that way you know we've seen it Joey Barton's a recent example but uh, he does and James I've worked this out scientifically he scored three goals uh, in two weeks since he's arrived for us so that means in 18 months if you do the the calculations he's going to score shitloads (laughs) my calculations came up similar Um, (laughs) first of all this is why Tav is currently a much better fullback for us than Barisic because look back to that incident in the first half where Barisic, he's run up the park, his decision-making is poor, we lose the ball, we can see the goal. In this case, Tav, where it could have been very easy for him to have just sat back, he's, he sees that something could be on, gets the ball from Jack. Once again, there's Jack involved in our attacks and he plays the perfect ball in into Defoe to, to finish. So, you know... Tavernier, as I think a lot of people, they they talk about Tav for his, his penalties and for his set pieces and, and, and whatnot, but that side of his game shouldn't be underestimated, the, the, the smartness that he has, and that's that, that's getting better. But Defoe, as Martin said, that's why he's here, to, to score goals in, in that situation. I'm, I'd be interested to see how he would play if we had to play him as a in the 4-3-3 as a lone striker, I don't know whether he, he gives you the same, you maybe need to play slightly differently, or does he need a strike partner, does he need a Morelis, does he need a Lafferty to be that to be that target man to then to then work off of. But um you know, if you get the ball to him in the box and he's got the opportunity to shoot, he's gonna score. There's there's no doubt about that whatsoever. So an excellent signing and the relief, my goodness, when he gets that goal, I think from everyone it was just and breathe, and a, a very well-earned three points for the Bears. Fun wasn't over. Um, <laughs> in the post-match, Rangers players were uh, singing and uh, listening to loud music. This is very... Um, nobody puts baby in the corner, isn't it? He, uh, uh, but then Derek McInnes, the guff that keeps on giving, went into the Rangers dressing room and... Uh, Asked us if we could or told us to keep the noise down. Stephen Gerrard spoke to him and said... Uh, yeah, just another example of why we're all thankful that history hasn't turned out um, the way it might have done. It's just small time. It's just um, you then security just pushing out someone. Uh, teams are going to celebrate big wins. It is psychologically huge for this group of players and the manager. They knew that before. You've got to eat it. You've just got to swallow that up. Um, and by all accounts he didn't actually go in the room he just kind of huffed outside until Gerard actually came out for his, his media um, and the most disappointing was it wasn't the kind of party tunes I think it was Joy Division that was going on so it must be Ryan Kent that was getting um, the adulation with um, good reason um, but he's just he's just a small, small guy despite um, his shot popping uh... shot yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Derek McInnes is uh, 
the uh, shirt buttons, the hardest working front four in Scottish football. If I, if I can also just point out, as someone who often myself gets told to stop singing, I just want to point out that that doesn't necessarily it makes you look worse than the, the people singing itself. So I, I, I would I would echo those those sentiments, and it just makes him look all the worse, I think, rather than rather than the players. So ha ha ha. I will say that if we genuinely were singing Joy Division, and that's not just some outlandish rumour, then this is the coolest squad of Rangers players we've ever had. Because I think we would all have assumed it would have been some dreadful R&B and or Oasis. So congratulations to them. Uh, I'm trying to think which what would be the most apt one that it could be. Um, It'll be Ryan Kent, so... Uh, yeah. Level two, your pup. Yeah, it will be. So, we're not uh, talking jobbies in the bath and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's just... Um, it's just small time, and that's what he is, and that's why he's not the Rangers manager. Yeah, and I hope next time that we will celebrate, we sing the Eternal. Uh, that would be that would be great. Um, moving on then to Rugby Park on Saturday, James. We were there two weeks ago, and we were rotten, and uh, it threatened to derail a good part of the season. But we have bounced back well. We had two fixtures at the last three that we, or at the last four, sorry, that we thought mm, they looked tricky, which was away to Livingston, away to Aberdeen. And we've bounced back well. Got the results, we move on. But this is a cup. There's no margin for error. Uh, it's about, I think, making sure by hook or by crook that we're in the hat. I know that sounds a cliche. But we do have a, a wrong to right. The players, I thought, were very poor the last time. And they'll, I'm sure, be wanting to go out there and say, no, we are, we're going to make up for that performance by getting the job done on the day. Yeah, I would imagine that if you're someone like Joe Worrell, you're wanting to go there and to shut a few people up. Um, and I think the same could be said for a lot of the players who just weren't weren't at it. Um, it's it's one of the tougher draws we could have got away at one of the one of the best teams in in the country at the moment. But I, I think you're right that we have a, a lot to prove. I think there's a lot more players now who are who are more confident. We that was our first game back after the break. Uh, so there was maybe a lack of sharpness there that that we that we maybe have now. Um, whether Morellis is fit or, or not fit, no. Uh, whether he's available uh, for selection, that that could that could affect what lineup Jar goes with. Because I'd be tempted to say if Morellis was available, he would want to basically do the same again as what he did against Aberdeen. But with it's the full. Do you have that extra striker up top with him? Do you play Kent as that 10 or do you play him out wide? Do you have Kendeus in there? There's a lot a lot to think about and a lot pertains on what, what happens with Alfredo Morelos. But I, I think from a performance level, it can't get much worse than what we saw from certainly from when Kilmarnock got their equaliser. So, yeah, but I'll take another performance like that if it means we're in the hat, put it that way. Martin, it's a tough game, and I know that we're Rangers and we should be going there and win, etc., etc., but we will have to be a hell of a lot better than we were on our last trip there. And as James says, could things like selection information be dependent on Morelos? By that, I mean if Morelos is there, obviously he'll play, and more than likely we'll stick to the 4-3-3. If, however, Morelos isn't, are we then looking at a straight swap, would you mean Defoe, or maybe we go 4-4-2 and Defoe and Lafferty play? Yeah, it's a bit of a problem because the the diamond didn't work, did it? No, not that night. And no. it should have been a 4-3-3 kind of night. I'm not sure that Defoe or Lafferty can be 
the the, the peak of a of a three. So um, big questions for the manager really uh, if uh, his hand is is um, forced uh, by that. And it, it is a difficult game. What what this squad seem to be good at is on the whole kind of right and wrongs and you know making up for previous errors you know we did that last night um what they're bad at is thinking of games won before they've even turned up sometimes um so i i think they won't be short of motivation um but it just from a technical tactical point of view i think it's going to be interested to see how we can um navigate that if we if we can't play um the way that we were perfectly set up to play I think it'll be tough, but I'd like to think the confidence is flowing and that we'll we'll do enough to get there. But uh, there's no doubt that Rangers will need to produce uh, the level of performance we did earlier in the season at Robbie Park in the League Cup. OK, that will do us for today. Rather long for a heart and hand extra, but it's been a busy week. If you want to hear more from us, then we'll be back on Monday with Heart and Hand, the flagship show. But of course, uh, more is available over at our Patreon site, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where you can get up to five shows every single day for the measly sum of just one ninety nine. yes it really is the best value in showbiz and if you're fed up with the media and who can blame you don't need to listen to it you get news from bears by bears and uh, trust me it's a hell of a lot more palatable palatable than listening to uh people like mark wilson discussing your club and i think you'll enjoy it so give it a try thanks to our executive producers in london mr mike lee and paul myers and thank you to my two guests the lovely mr james forrest thank you david the brilliant Mr. Martin Ramsey. Thank you very much. My name's David Edgar, and I'll talk to you again on Monday. Until then, take care. Thanks. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.